Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. Today, they have brought in a special guest, and that is Mark Sims. He is with Captive Alternatives, and I'm just going to say good morning to the guys and let them introduce him. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, Mark. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to be here. All right. John and Michael, who, who gets the honor of introducing this rock star? I do. We got to introduce Mark Sims to you today regarding a private insurance structure and why that's an interesting concept. You understand how Copper Beach looks at, at uh, affluent families, particularly business owners. Mm-hmm. Managing risk is a key part of our conversations. Uh, we've talked about multiple podcasts already. Uh, risk management is key, whether it's on the business side or the personal side, it, it falls in the same bucket when you look at a generational structure. So Mark specializes in setting up private insurance structures, which our clients have found to be very, very good way to manage their corporate risks. Uh, and I'll let Mark walk through what that means as far as risk management and how he structures it. Uh, but it's a key element to what Copper Beach focuses on. And Mark is an expert. We've known Mark 10 years. We've been working with his firm for a very long time, and he is our specialist. And if you remember what we talked about on the podcast, we outsource a lot of our expertise to people like Mark that can help our clients through the discovery of these particular concepts. So, Mark, with that, uh, Mark, introduce yourself. Great. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, as, as John said, I am a VP of business development with a company called Captive Alternatives. We've been in this space for the last 20 years. We, and the, uh, we focus on risk management for the family office structure. Well, how our model is unique is that family offices have risks that typically are misunderstood or can't, uh, they don't think they can cover those risks in the commercial uh, insurance world. And so we use our private insurance structure to, to mit- help them mitigate against risks that really uh, are the types of risks that keep them awake at night. And these are risks like reputational risk, uh, brand rehabilitation risk, loss of a key talent or person within the family office structure, legal defense, regulatory administrative actions. These are all risks that that uh, family office structures have, but they typically don't buy or purchase these risks because the probability of that risk of occurring could be low, so they'd rather just go and not insure it and hope, roll the dice and hope it never happens. In our private insurance structure, you can actually uh, have uh, these risks covered and you actually pay a premium uh, to your own private insurance structure. And as those premiums are paid, it's a it's a necessary and ordinary business expense to the family office structure. But yet at the same time, it goes into this insurance structure that you have as to cover uh, any of any claims of those types. But if there are no claims or you have little claims, then whatever's not used to pay claims in your private insurance structure becomes, quote, underwriting profit. And that underwriting profit then is ultimately invested for investment income, which is how insurance companies make money. So our private structure gives the ability for a family office to mitigate against their own risk in a tax efficient way and to cover these uh, catastrophic risks if they ever did occur. And Mark, that, well, that's that's a great introduction. And, and when you said family offices, really any any business 
owner can really look at this type of structure, correct? It isn't simply just a, a family office world, although that's the world we deal in. But I mean, a, a, what businesses can look at this? And from your experience, I'm sure you've worked with a ton of them. Uh, absolutely. Private insurance structures are not, they're not new to to the uh, to the business owner. They've been around since the 50s. All the Fortune 500 companies have been using them for years. Private insurance is to any uh, is available to any type of operating company that's looking to to mitigate against risk within their business. So it's not industry specific. Uh, yeah, you're right. I just tailored it towards family office because that's your world. But yeah, we we have uh, we have clients in all sorts of industries: manufacturing, service, retail, you name it. Uh, construction. Uh, it works for any any business owner. So what what other benefits in, in of this private insurance structure are there? Um, other uh, obviously the risk management is the most important one, but there's probably a lot of other I would think ancillary benefits on top of that, correct? Yeah, sure. Well, obviously, uh, insurance like I said earlier, insurance companies in general are in the business to manage risk and make money. And how they do that is they 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 are they go through an underwriting process just like we we go through any type of insurance we buy. They're not wanting to buy risk. They want to manage risk. So the, the same works here. And how insurance companies make money, they they invest that. And the, the ability for the business owner to build a war chest of funds over time gives them the ability to mitigate against that risk. But it, it, it you know, as they build this asset over time it, uh, inside their own private insurance structure, it becomes an asset that they can utilize outside of uh, the, the mitigating against an insurance risk if need be. And it becomes an asset, another asset on their side of the of the ledger. So that 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 it's a unique benefit to 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 create again a profit center out of a and a expense and a risk that they have within their own industry. Yeah, that that's that that's a great that's a great outline. Uh, one of the things that that I was thinking of when when you were just talking is when we've introduced this concept to some of our families. One of the things that that they've always said to us is, how come I've never heard of this before? Or how come, how come my other advisors haven't brought this to me in the past? What, what's the, what's the reason do you think that most business owners haven't heard of this concept? Uh, That's a great question. I lack of uh, knowledge and lack of understanding and education on this, on this topic. It's not for every business. It's not a common house household term like a 401k or an IRA or auto insurance or, workers' compensation insurance. So it's, 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 a, and it's, a, it's a very misunderstood industry. And so that, you know, that's why you know, we've been doing this 20 years. We've seen our most uh, exponential growth over the last five years because uh, we've reached out to people like yourself. Because if we're educating the advisors to the business owner, and that could be their family office uh, company, their CPA, their, their attorney, we we kind of redirected our efforts to reach out to those folks because that's those are the trusted advisors for the business owner. And so we're trying to get the education and knowledge out the, as much as we can through folks like yourself. But that I think that's a big reason they haven't heard of it. And for and and you know I have a saying that um, you know uh, professional advisors are typically down on what they're not up on. And so uh, I, I you know as more and more we can get the education out of how, what this is, how it works, the better off it will be to the consumer to understand it better. Mark, this is John. Um, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about uh, the structure of it and and how you set them up. I know that you have a unique process in doing that, and you use a domicile out of Puerto Rico that's unique to to your uh, particular uh, company. Can you walk? 
us through uh, step by step, uh, you know, how it works, how you set it up, who, do, you know, how, how does how does the advisors get involved? Just briefly go through that if you could. Sure. Uh, so when when you get a interested business that wants to look into a private insurance structure, the first process is we need to gather their data to understand what risk they have within their business. Um, we have a risk assessment questionnaire they complete that basically is giving us the demographics of their company, uh, what enterprise risks they, they might have, like do they, can they insure, do they, if they want to insure against the loss of a key customer or loss of key supplier, do they have key customers, do they have key suppliers, those kind of things. We, get, we do get copies of their com- current commercial policies. Uh, we want to, uh, one of the things a lot of our clients use in their private insurance structure is to cover what they call difference in conditions and policies. These are the exclusions. Uh, cyber risk is a, is, a, is a popular one. Everybody, cyber risk is a hot topic today. Everybody has a cyber risk policy, but, you know, I always encourage them to read it. You know, what a novel idea, right? right. <laughs> read your policy. Most people it's, don't, I'm sure. It, correct. And it, 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 it's just a lot of exclusions. So a lot of our clients who use the private insurance structure cover those exclusions, deductibles, uh, excess coverage. So that's why we want to look at commercial policies and then their financial data. We get that data. We send that out to a licensed actuary, an independent outside licensed actuary. They will identify what risk the business owner has uh, and what the what the risk factors are. They'll calculate a premium to cover those risks. And then you know we we give the employer the ability. Uh, here's all the list that you can. Here's all the risks that you can insure. Um, and then if they say go, here's how our structure works. All private insurance companies are regulated by a Department of Insurance. There there are 40 plus some states here in the United States that have private insurance structure legislation. There are a lot of international domiciles. As John mentioned, we use the domicile and the Department of Insurance of Puerto Rico. The, the reason we use Puerto Rico is because of the structure that they have over there. So in our model... When a client chooses those coverages and premiums they want to pay, they will form what we call a reinsurance structure. And they pay their premiums actually to a licensed insurance company, a regulated, bona fide licensed insurance company. And that insurance company will issue the policies to the business. Then that insurance company transfers the risk and all the premiums to a licensed reinsurance company that is domiciled in Puerto Rico. And this reinsurance company is made up by all of our clients' reinsurance structure. So we call the technical term of them is called a segregated asset plan in Puerto Rico. And each premium and risks go to the, the client's segregated asset plan where, where, the, where they can um, have uh, control over that segregated asset plan for investments. And that's, if claims are paid, that's, then, they, then it comes out of the reinsurance structure. That's a lot different than what hap- what, they, what you normally see out there. Most of what people do, they form they, they cover their risk in what's called captive insurance companies. We, we chose Puerto Rico mainly for this structure because it meets the definition of insurance and transfer of risk, which is the issue. If you're going to form your own private insurance company, it has to be an insurance structure. So um, that's why we use Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, by the way, is the only non-U.S. state to have the accreditation of the NAIC. The NAIC is the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, which is a federal governing body that kind of sets forth the rules and uh, procedures and protocols that all state departments of insurance that follow in the United States. If you're accredited, then you you got the blessing of the NAIC. Even though Puerto Rico is not a state, they are accredited by the NAIC. They have a different, uh, they, you know, Puerto Rico, they are a commonwealth of the United States, but they do have their own 
governance or sovereignty, which Congress granted back in 1952. So they have the ability to have their own insurance laws, their own corporation laws. Uh, they don't have LLCs or C-Corps over there or S-Corps. They, they are under the protection of the U.S. federal government. You know, they, they, you don't have to have a passport to go there. But they also have their own taxing authority where the sub IRS does, it does not have authority over there. So they, the, the Department of Insurance developed this structure that we have. And, you know, we've been in this 20 years. We've worked in all, uh, you know, a lot of the U.S. domiciles, a lot of the Caribbean domiciles. Uh, we moved to this structure back in 2015. And, and they are the, uh, I will tell you that Puerto Rico's Department of Insurance, I mean, we, we had a couple typos in some documents and they catch that. It is the most uh, efficient and robust Department of Insurance that we've ever dealt with, domestic or international. So we like them for for that feature that they are they uh, they do have a very strict regulatory oversight. Uh, but for the for the business owner, they don't have to worry about that because that's what we do. We make sure we run the private insurance structure for the business owner, in compliant with Puerto Rico's regulatory requirements uh, for their Department of Insurance. Hey, Mark, one of the, the, the other questions that families have, have brought to us when when we go through your structure and you go through your structure with them in terms of domiciling in Puerto Rico, and, and the question they ask is, well, given all of the, let's say, lack of better term, financial troubles that Puerto Rico has been under over the last, you know, well, multiple years, I suppose, what, what's your response to that in, in terms of, does that scare people away? Is that something they need to be concerned about? How, how do you address that? Yeah, it, it, well, it, it always comes up, and at some point in the conversation, and and so one of the there's two areas how we've uh, addressed the this issue. Number one is the we the the money that's being custodied inside of the private insurance structures are not uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, they're not any kind of Puerto Rico financial institution. Most of the money is held here, and uh, all of the money actually for all of our clients' private insurance structures are custodied here with some U.S. investment firm like a Morgan Stanley or somebody like that. The 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 other area is that uh, the Puerto Rico economic conditions uh, are not subject to uh, the the private insurance structures are not uh, subject to the, the Puerto Rico economic conditions. You know, they did file bankruptcy. 2016, but the signator on the investment account is the holder of the private insurance company or the business owner, and the the, the structure itself, the, the Puerto Rico has no ability to come in and try to get access to those assets. So we've, we've uh, also, all of the operations of the private insurance structures are, uh, and all the uh, oversight is done out, out of our Atlanta offices. There, there, there we don't uh, have any anybody currently that's in Puerto Rico uh, working on the structure itself. So all the regulatory and oversight is done out of our Atlanta offices, and all the money is held in the U.S. Okay, so so it's almost like you you have your cake and eat it too. You get the benefits of the Puerto Rico laws, their their sovereignty, and their their different corp, corporation laws and tax laws. <laughs> But all the assets are kept in 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 the U.S., which I which you know has has made our families that have gone through this structure a little bit more comfortable with with that decision. Correct. Right, so, Mark, basically, let me let me go backwards again. So, so if I were a business owner, I want to set up a, a a private insurance structure. I would work through your organization. You're the third party that handles all that. I would supply the data so you could evaluate my risk, and you're going to come back to me with recommendations on what coverages I can have. 
Now, when you look at those coverages, are they coverages that are different from my current risk that I manage, or are they all are they similar? That's the first question. And number two, our clients are always concerned about ownership. How how are these insurance companies owned by the uh, um, the business owner? Are they separate? Are they part of the company? Uh, walk through that a little bit. Yeah, let me address your uh, types of risk first. Uh, uh, these are risks that we call them enterprise risks because these are risks that have a, could have a catastrophic tra- catastrophic event uh, for the business owner. I'll give you an example. We had a client that. Uh, uh, been in our private insurance structure for uh, uh, several years, and uh, you know, uh, he, he never really, you know, none of us want to have a claim, right? Uh, even with our auto insurance, you know, if we have a little fender bender, we're not going to turn it in because why? Because the, the rates are going to go up, right? So this gentleman came into our structure hoping to never have a claim. Well, he had a, one policy he had was the loss of a key customer. He had a, Apple was was one of his big customers, and he lost him. He filed a claim, and it was a it was a million dollar claim, and the the structure paid his claim, and and he you know, he said that that he never thought that that would happen, but it saved his company's business. So these are typically coverages that they don't insure right now, and why would they do it now? Well, they have the opportunity to participate in some underwriting profit and investment income. Uh, through the structure, if they have, if they manage and have good risk, if they don't and they have a claim, it pays as well. So that's a big factor: is that these are legitimate insurance structures. They are in the insurance business, and they do. And the structure does pay claims if the claim is filed and it's a legitimate claim. All right. So basically, um, yeah. When I Go send ahead. my homeowner's policy premium to the insurance company, if my house doesn't burn down, they keep the premium. In your structure, if I'm understanding it correctly, is that I'll put a premium in my own private insurance structure. If I have no claims against that premium, at the end of the year, I issue a new policy, and what happens is I keep that underwriting profit. Is that correct? That's correct. And the investment income off of it. So the motivation for a business owner, again, you mentioned a war chest, is a way to insure their risk that they're not insuring currently, and it's big risk from my understanding. Correct. And they could put a premium in their private insurance structure, invest it the way they need to invest it. And over the course of time, uh, assuming there are, there are claims along the way, but m- most certainly most of the premiums will, will not be a claim against. So over a period of time, a business owner can create a big pool of assets to do other things with inside the insurance company and have access to it. So tell me how they have access to this this pool of money. Tell me the tax ramifications. Tell me the access rules or, or regulations. Uh, walk us through that. Sure. So the the tax aspects of it are this: the the as the the premiums that are defined and paid or deductible at, to, on the business end. But this this uh, this segregated asset plan or the private insurance structure. Again, the technical term in Puerto Rico is called a segregated asset plan. It's taxed on its annual net operating profit. Now, annual net operating profit is determined by that that year's premium that you pay. You deduct out expenses to operate and run the private insurance structure or the segregated asset plan. Any claims, you deduct those out, and then you add in any investment income. That is the uh, on the surplus. Uh, that is the calculation of the annual net operating profit. Puerto Rico's tax law says the first 1.2 million of that annual net operating profit is tax exempt, zero tax, 
and any amount above that, the difference pays a tax of 4% and it's paid, you know, all, all to Puerto Rico. A big difference for the United States, I guess. Yeah. The, the, the difference in the United States is it's a C Corp uh, and it pays taxes, uh, 21% on its net, uh, investment income. So whatever that insurance company thrown off every year in income, it pays taxes on 21%. So they're, they're definitely more competitive from a tax standpoint than, than one done here in the U.S. Now, if as the surplus grows, you know, do they have ac- access to that surplus? They can get access. They can take distributions on the surplus. Um, distributions then uh, are distributed out. Any distributions are taxed at long-term capital gains tax rates. Uh, they do have the ability to borrow on the surplus but the borrowing has to be uh, a performing loan, just like if they would borrow from the bank. It has to go towards the, the to, for the business operations if needed, or uh, it can be done in investment that where the private insurance structure or the segregated asset plan makes money. And that's a critical point uh, on the borrowing side. And captive insurance companies here in the U.S. have come under tremendous amount of, uh, of scrutiny for those who are borrowing money out of their surplus of their captive or insurance company or private insurance company here, and it's a non-performing loan. The IRS is deeming those as what they call a circular flow of funds. So we're pretty uh, strict on our, our, our lo- uh, the loan requirements. Typically, they can borrow a third of their total assets, but it has to be performing. It has to charge interest. It has to be paid back on a schedule. But those are the ways to access the surplus if needed for the business owner. Otherwise, it just stays in the insurance company, continues to compound on the investment income and grow that war chest further, again, to, to, to combat any claims. Or at some point down the road, they, they, they don't need it anymore. They sell the company. They, they, they exit out of it. Well, Mark, this, is, this has been great. I, I think we have a ton more to cover on that, but we're running a little low on time. Is there a way you, you'd want to come back and finish this up? Maybe get yeah, into I'd a little be bit more, more than happy to. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a, a, a great way to get out the, the information on, on what this is and how it works. Mark, I, I, I appreciate that. And Mark, I about halfway through this, I realized I should have been taking notes. I mean, there was so, so much information. It was, it was fantastic. I do have a question that I would love for you to answer on the next podcast. This, you know, uh, John and Michael's audience is, is getting bigger every day and some of them might be thinking, okay, this, this sounds good. This might be right for me, whether it's a family office, whether it's a, a business on the next podcast, can you give me an idea of what somebody should have as far as assets kind of where's that cutoff line or what, what do you sure. see as the most successful situation for a family? If we're sitting there thinking, huh, this might be for me, but I've only got, you know, $38 in my bank accounts, probably not going <laughs> to be something that, that I can do, but I'm okay. sure you have that answer. Would you answer that on the next podcast for us? Ab- absolutely. Fantastic. And John and Michael, thank you so much for bringing them in and convincing them to come back. Do you guys have any closing thoughts for today? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, this is a great topic, and I think when Mark comes back at the next uh, podcast, I want to focus on ownership structures. That's a key element some of our work we do with our mm-hmm. families, and and Mark's going to sh- share some stories on some 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 claims that were handled through this structure successfully, and how excited the, you know his clients are about having this step two in their risk management portfolio. That sounds great. Thanks again for bringing them in. And thank you all for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. 
This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services Incorporated, a member of FINRA SIPC Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of APFS and APA. Any opinions expressed in this forum are not the opinion or view of American Portfolios Financial Services Incorporated APFS or American Portfolios Advisors Incorporated APA and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors.